Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's Mickey and the Roadster, Mickey and the Roadster Racers. Dun dun Mickey and the Roadster, Mickey and the Roadster Racers. Dun 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 dun. My name is Joe Fortunato. I'm joined as always by my co-host Michael Murphy, and this is Bantering the Blue Shirts, the flagship episode. And I am playing Mickey and the Roadster Racers on YouTube on mute, so that my daughter, who is sitting on my lap, does not make any noise. If she does, too bad. I have a kid. I don't know what to tell you. Michael, how are is you she, doing? Is she just enjoying the pretty, pretty colors? Yeah, she just she's she's probably gonna make some noises. You know, Mickey and Minnie come on because they're her favorite. But you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. So it's Mickey and Minnie Mouse, and they're in a they're in a drag race. So there are a series of programs. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is Mickey goes around with his his gang, and uh, they, and they solve. Things. They search the the Australian wasteland for guzzling, and they in the War Boys, and they spray uh, chrome spray paint around their mouths. They Is that use what they, do? they use uh, tools, the mouse tool. And it has three tools and then a mystery tool that is a surprise tool that will help them later. Now, that's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. There is Mickey Mouse and the Roadster Racers, which is about Mickey and his gang, only more Mad Max-esque. They are, uh, they like race, and they race all the time, different races. They have a hot dog truck. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, get into it. Oh, man. I just imagine Minnie Mouse is Holy like Holy uh... shit. This episode... That I'm watching on YouTube has 190 million views. Yeah, that's that's not surprising to me, man. My God. Have you seen how many views the Baby Shark video has? Oh, I love Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. Yeah, but the, uh, I just imagined... Do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, he's just Minnie, going around. You Minnie know, Mouse is Furiosa, is the mental image we're bringing there, to you. Today. There are weapons on the... Uh, they do not the have cars. fucking weapons. So they do. They have like little rockets and there's like parachutes and shit. There's all sorts of stuff that you're not fucking ready for. That's the point. Um, by the way, if we have not announced it yet, I would like to announce it now. Um, this is a Mickey Mouse podcast from this point forward. So yeah. uh, come for the Rangers talk and then be fooled by it just being about Mickey Mouse. Oh, I want to say uh, thank you to Eric Cohn for uh, for stepping in. For yeah, filled week. in for you. Um, by the way, April Fool's on the Mickey Mouse thing, although it, it certainly can be. Uh, we had to do something. Um, Mike wouldn't let me do something bigger. Yes, Eric Cohn filled in. He was fantastic. He was a... Uh, I don't want to refer to him as a better Mike, but he was a, a better Mike. No, and, uh, message uh, received. Uh, I, I can tell that people like Eric more than me, and... Um, you know, honestly, I don't like me a lot some days, too. You know, I'm pretty down. All right, you know what? Don't don't take this into goddamn negative territory. No, it's, right? it's you know, sometimes you, I just you, look at the sky and I say, you know, someday we're all just going to die. Uh, uh, that big, beautiful sun's just going to burn out and we're all just going to be dead. All going to be just dust on a, on a barren wasteland. Just ash drifting through tumbleweeds that I haven't seen. You're, you're making my daughter cry. That's what you're doing. Is that what you want? I'll show her the, the Mickey Mouse racers. She's, she's looking at it, but she's slightly confused. There's Santa Claus. There's a lot of things going on. Ask her why he wears gloves and no shirt. Uh, okay, that's an interesting thing to ask a child. Uh, so we are, we, we joked a little bit in the beginning of the show, but we do have semi-serious news. Um, over the weekend, I believe it was on Sunday, the CWHL, which is the Canadian version of the NWHL, 
Um, it has been around for 12 years versus the NWHL, which has been around since 2015. Mike, correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Um, it's folded. Mostly correct. Yeah. What did I get wrong? It just It's the Canadian Women's Hockey League. This is not the Canadian version of the National Women's Hockey League. It's the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Yeah, but we're American, so we have to have a bias towards... No, so yeah. is Canada is America. It's also it, North America. Well, yeah, but it's not the United States of America. It's not what you specified. You said it's Well, America. you knew what I meant. If you were a true patriot, you would have known what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we found out the same way that... I've read more stories on this than I can count. We found out the same way everybody found out, apparently. That the board of governors just decided, or the board of directors, I guess, just decided that, uh, yeah, we're packing up shop. That's the end of it. So all the general managers found out the same way. All the players found out the same way. Um, this is a topic that is very close to Mike's heart. So I'm certainly going to let him have his moment of, uh, you know, just thought on it. But it's a terrible thing. The game has finally sort of found this momentum from the, the female side of things. And it, you know, the NWHL had one of their best years ever, and the CWHL, there was certainly like the two league thing, I think, presented a problem. Just the everybody's asking for the NHL to get involved, and they're refusing to do so when there's competitive leagues out there. And I believe they're considering the NWHL a competitive league as well, um, like to what the NHL would want to create. But, Mike, just overall thoughts on what's going on right now. Um, you know, ways people can help, all that fun stuff. Well, it's, uh, I got a, a tip uh, from a source that there was an announcement coming on Sunday morning. Uh, no one really knew what that was going to be. And uh, from a couple of people I've talked to uh, who are close to the CWHL, I uh, talked to um, some players and a couple general managers. The, the way that everything unfolded is kind of the way we've heard it in the news. It was, uh, the board of directors or board of governors in the CWHL made a decision that their model was no longer financially viable, and they had a non a not for profit model uh, versus the NWHL's for profit model, and they decided to discontinue operations effective uh, May first. So this April will be the last uh, month where the league is functioning. But of course, um, you know the. The CWHL playoffs are already over. Uh, the Calgary Inferno won the Clarkson Cup uh, just over a week ago. So they, maybe eight or nine days ago, depending on when you listen to this podcast, is when we had our 2019 Clarkson Cup champions. And one week later, the news came out that the league was folding. And and four days before the world championship. Yeah, that's the, that's the really unfortunate... I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that sucks about this. The first being... Uh, there's approximately 135 players uh, who will really not be able to play uh, pro hockey this upcoming season unless uh, some sort of Hail Mary solution comes together. If uh, maybe even a new league uh, pops up, there's a lot of people who hope the NWHL can absorb a couple of the teams there uh, from the CWHL, especially... The teams, uh, you know, in, in that east east market with Toronto, and there's uh, two teams in the Greater Toronto area. It's Markham and the Toronto Furies, and then there's Le Canadien de Montreal, which is the the sister team of uh, the Habs in Montreal. So there might be something there, uh, which helps take a little bit of uh, a little bit of sting away from the story. But at the end of the day, this is awful. Um, what the way it happened is really rough. Uh, talking to a lot of players, they're all devastated by this. A lot of people, you know, it's it's a it's a small league with a dozen years of history, and I know a lot of people who put their you know blood, sweat, and tears into making it run and operate, and they all just got told, you know, there there's no tomorrow for for the league they care so much about. So, really sad stuff, and you know, I hope we get better news soon uh, and. I know we're a Rangers podcast, but this sort of thing affects the entire hockey landscape. Hockey so. is for everyone. Didn't the CWHL yeah. just sign an agreement with like the NHL Network for? Well, they rights? had. Well, they had uh, the twenty the Clarkson Cup uh, final. I was just talking about where Calgary defeated uh, Le Canadien de Montreal was on Sportsnet, and it was also broadcast on the NHL Network. It had a uh, one hundred seventy-five thousand uh, unique viewers. So. 
Like the, the women's game has never been bigger. It continues to grow. Uh, the reason this is so, it's so hard for people to accept that as fact when we have something like the league folding. Um, like how, what do you mean it's growing if this league doesn't work? And the bottom line is like their model has not been sustainable um, really since the get-go. It was, it was not built for profit. And a couple of years ago, they decided to take on a major investment from China because uh, the, Ch the Chinese uh, Olympic Committee wanted to improve their women's hockey um, field heading into the 2022 Olympics in Beijing. And so they made a major investment and they had two teams in China. And then this year that shrank down to one team. And uh, now we have this happen and the investment from China in part made it possible for CWHL players to get paid for the first time. And maybe that put more financial stress on their, uh, you know, their budget than they, they were able to bear. But it's, it's hard to say. I don't want to speculate too much, but the bottom line is from everything we've heard, this is just... It was, they couldn't continue to operate the way they have. Uh, they're folding the league. Yeah, and I, I want to make something very clear, too, and I think it's really important, especially in a, a time like this. It, it's very easy for an outside observer to look at the lack of a league existing in the CWHL as, oh, there's no interest in the women's game. Like, of course, this would happen. And I, I need you to keep in mind that, like, there are probably multiple NHL teams you could probably count them on two hands that don't turn a profit every year. And that is with just exuberant sponsorships, um, the TV rights that you get from both Canada and the United States with NBC. Remember that, like, the NBC TV deal is kind of pittance. So, like, w w yeah, I think a lot of people look at that as, like, oh, it's a boon. Like, that's a big money factor. Maybe not as much as you think. Um, we're watching the Florida Panthers play in front of, like, 2,000 people a night. So don't take this as, you know, oh, there's no, there's no growth in the women's game or there's no interest in the women's game. It's hard. It's hard to run a sports team. It's hard to make money. There are tons of soccer teams in England, and I bring that up because it's really like it's the football, no pun intended, of England, right? Like that's what – there are plenty of teams that don't make money. So it's not a matter of like – the world is kind of changing. The NWHL, they had their issues too. The NHL has their issues. Team have their issues. I mean, we're seeing Vegas get a team, or Vegas got a team. We're seeing Seattle get a team. There are probably three or four teams that could very easily in the NHL be thrown into another market because they're they're very simply not making money. So, and my daughter found the uh, thing on the Apple Watch that shows people that my phone is there so oh. just that's that's the point that i want to make is that it don't don't take this as like it's very easy to see something like this and to get down and be like you know what fuck this it's not worth it just like climate change or a bunch of other stuff where things just seem overwhelming climate change. Not, yeah man it's, I mean, it's we overwhelming could, we just we could bring this back to the mad max references we we're making so, earlier i'm just well we yeah, we're, we're closer than i think people think to that point so yeah just don't let it get you down. Hopefully, there's a solution out there. I don't. It doesn't sound like the NHL is going to swoop in and save the day. No. Uh, once again, know, can Gary we Batman. just say this is a fucking easy? Just like with the ladies who played during the All Star game, this is a super easy PR win. Anybody can tell you, and the NHL is going to fuck it up. Go ahead, Michael. So Gary Bettman, his, his stance is he's not going to get involved so long as there's competition. He wants to make a WNHL. Um, he said that he's wanted to do it for a while. And people said, well, that's funny, Gary. Um, why didn't you do it when the CWHL and NWHL didn't exist? Uh, I'm, as far as I'm aware, he doesn't have a retort to that. So his stance is he's interested in professional women's hockey, but he's not going to do it so long as there's competition. Um and his stance was always the other two leagues just have to go away, essentially. Not merge. They have to go away. So maybe maybe this makes a potential scenario where uh, the NHL, or at least the NHL's resources and like the full support of the NHL can get involved in pro women's hockey if they, you know, maybe step in and talk to the NWHL about assuming ownership or, or whatever happens there. But... It's still, uh, it's still in the infancy. I mean, uh, we're recording this show, uh, you know, 
a little over 24 hours after the the news happened so it's uh definitely you know i I don't know if how many of our listeners are invested or care but it's something i'm sure we can circle back to in the off season and i uh be able to offer hopefully some insight into it but until then we, we still have some rangers hockey to talk joe there's been some things happening yeah, and not great things either. Uh, hey, we signed a kid. They, uh, yeah, but they keep winning hockey games, Mike. Yeah, that's true. They just, they cannot help themselves. I went I don't to know, one of those hockey games. That was fun. I, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the score of the game is right now, but Mike went to the game on Friday against St. Louis with his girlfriend, who's a St. Louis Blues fan. The yeah. Blues lost. Yeah, Dis- that was... That was interesting how that hell played out. Yeah, then the Rangers played the Flyers, and the Flyers lost. And the New York Rangers, the team that I was so excited about their little tanking episode, Hmm. so happy that they were in fifth place, honest to God, traveling toward like maybe a fourth or a third best from the bottom, now have 75 points in their seventh. Talk about this madness, Michael. Well, I mean, if you want to look for a silver lining here, Joe, boy, that I need Georg- one. Give that, it to me. That Georgiev has looked pretty great. All right, don't let's let's talk about the shit before we bring out the sun. All right. Well, you you did say give it to me. Um, it is very frustrating because, uh, like, uh, and again, these those last two wins against St. Louis is it wouldn't. It's when you watching that game. All I could do is shake my head. I felt gutted because my girlfriend had two of her very good friends from St. Louis flying in. It was it was a perfect scenario. They get to first time at the Garden. Uh, for, they get to hopefully see their team clinch, and they're like, "Oh, is it going to be hard for you because we're rooting for the Blues?" And I was like, "Not really." Um, the best case scenario please here win. is yes, the, the Rangers have play entertaining hockey and they lose. And I remember. Uh, Zibanejad's goal that got waved off. I was like, you know what? They got to hear our goal song. Let's call it a day. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Let's get to a bar afterwards. But that is not how it uh, panned out in that game, Joe. As as you and I both know, it was the Blues outchanced and outshot the Rangers two to one by a margin of two to one, and the final score was four to two. Uh, and then Sunday, Alexander Georgiev shut out the Flyers three to nothing. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich has just decided to, all the people who were just uh, giving Pavel Buchnevich shit, I, I'm sure they're still giving him shit, because that's just kind of what they'll do, but uh, he has just been on an absolute tear. Uh, Ryan Strom, apparently, just, it, when he's on a sinking ship, Joe, he, he, he knows how to navigate it pretty well. He's shooting like 22% or something, and he just keeps adding goals, keeps picking up points, and even Brady Shea gets another goal, Joe. It's, I, all this would be so less frustrating if the Rangers didn't have those 13 worthless overtime loss points, you know, those shootout and OT losses that you and I were talking about back in October and November, just like, yeah, these keep piling up. This might be something we want to keep an eye on. <laughs> now it's then, literally come back to the point where, yeah, and like, it's, all, oh and, my and, god! I mean, look, there's we've, we've oh, discussed no. this a thousand times. Eric and I discussed it <laughs> last week. Um, there is a benefit to the way the Rangers are playing. It means they bought into Quim. These guys are there's no lack of effort. There's a never say die attitude. There is a ton of positives to take from the New York Rangers being yeah, this competitive. Can, to be honest, yeah. with a piece of shit roster. I mean, the defense is pretty much half the defense is a disaster. Uh, if only they could be competitive and lose though. The Joe. forward group at this point, from an offensive standpoint, has Zibanejad, Buchnevich, uh, like pre-injury Kreider, Lemieux, like, this is not a good situation for anyone to be in. And And the Rangers are... All-Star Strom. They're not playing terrible hockey, but they lost a couple of huge games. Losing to Detroit was enormous. Like, there's all these things that make you think... Oh, and and here's the thing. Absolutely. That that first loss, that loss to Detroit where... Oh, it was glorious. I was actually at that game, too. Yeah, and Athanasiu just skated circles around the Rangers, and I was like, you know what? This is just... 
this is great. These are two bad teams, and you want your team to lose to a bad team because that was getting the Rangers closer to the bottom. And, like, looking at the standings now, uh, you know, the Rangers are obviously in action while we're recording tonight, but... Losing 2-1, the, by the way. So the teams good. who were below the Rangers in the standings, Detroit, Buffalo, and Jersey, all have 10 points in terms of uh, those overtime losses and shootout losses. The Rangers have 13 it makes a huge freaking difference, Joe. Those extra, if that just a couple more times where they, where they didn't, where you know they just got dragged into overtime by Georgiev or Lundqvist, and I know it. And people will be like, you know, look at their, their numbers this year. They haven't been that good. You can't look at either of them than this season. Think of how many forty save games we've seen from Georgiev. Think how many one goal games the Rangers have been in this year. It's just they they just can't help it. Like they they don't know how to win all the way to get to the cup and they don't know how to lose all the way to get to the bottom. Yeah, and they're it's just to be fair, just kind not, of the way it is. They're not good enough to you know, they're not good enough to lose their way or to win their way to the cup. Let's not you know, let's not I meant that, that there either. No, I meant that back before this season. Like Oh, I see what you The saying. problem that plagued this team for so long was they were this like the dreaded middle. Yeah, this this dreaded upper middle crust of the league where it's like they almost have it. They're missing a couple of pieces, so we're going to go ahead and make that big expensive trade to try and find, oh, look, we got Eric Stahl. This should help, right? Not at all. Doesn't help at all. And and here's here's the difference. This is a tangible issue. At fifth from the bottom, it's a 26.1% chance at a top three pick. Again, you want to be in the top two in this draft, but the only shot that you have at being in the top two, right, is if you get a top three pick. At seventh, where the Rangers are right now, it's 20.4%. So you go from better than one in four odds to worse than one, or to slightly better than one in five odds. And that's a big difference. It's a, it's a really big difference. So... The Rangers, like, figure your shit out, and I guess let's it's take it. It's time to root, ready. root for Buffalo and Detroit. Right You're now. entering the positives, so let's talk about the positives. Pavel mm. fucking Buchnevich, who is not playing tonight. I believe they're being cautious due to the concussion protocol. He got pulled out of the game uh, against the Flyers because yeah. of a, a collision. So let's hope that's the case. I think Quinn had said that he didn't suffer any other... Um, setbacks this morning, I believe, but no reason not to be super cautious. Buchnevich scored his 20th goal of the year. He, he's he been absolutely on fire, and we've given Quinn credit on this show. I think there's also credit to be given to the fact that he's actually playing, which is an enormous, you know, that's a big part of it, too, because it's going to help. It's going to help you play better hockey when you get. Yeah, a when you actually play. when you play. But 37 points in 61 games. That is about a 52-point season on a uh, on like a if he paced out to if he paced out to 82 games. Um, just his there are people out there, and they still exist right now, and I, and I find it really amazing. Like there are people who hate him; they just hate him. They just don't like him. They they've never liked him. I don't know if it's the Russian factor. I don't know what it is. They don't like him, so they continue to shit on him. Oh, we haven't seen him do this, you know, over the full course of a season. Or oh, we haven't seen him do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Blah 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 blah. Uh, here's what I'm telling you. What I am telling me? you that Pavel Buchnevich has already been a very positive impact and a very valuable forward for the New York Rangers. I'm not talking about just this year. I'm talking about in general. The Rangers are starved of any form of elite talent. They desperately need something like this, and they have it. You're talking about a guy who is playing, I mean, 20 minutes a night, Mike. He didn't, obviously, he missed the rest of the game against Philadelphia, so yeah. only 13 minutes there. But he's been. But up until that, it was 18 and a half minutes. Yeah, he's, he's and a half been minutes. a monster um, for the Rangers. He's got. 37 points. He hasn't played in, what, 18 games this year? He's missed a lot of time. So, and then there's other people. Here are the other group of people who... Um, other group of people. They were either about cautious people. with him or talked shit about him, and now they don't want to be wrong. That's what it's come down to. We've been on the Buchnevich train for four fucking years. Get on. I don't care. I don't care. There is no such thing. Like, get on the bandwagon. It does not matter to me. 
he's fucking exciting. Be excited about him. There's no reason not to be excited about him. And we're going to get into all sorts of debates as the year goes on. And I mean that by like the summer goes on because I don't think the Rangers should bridge him. And I think they're going to. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Let's take a turn to a negative, Michael. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, do you want to say something nice about Pukchanowicz? I kind of went off on that one. I apologize. So since March 1st, Joe. I'm so ready for this stat. Uh, before today. Put it right into my ear. Gently. Bucinevich is fourth, or tied for fourth, I should say, in the league with five-on-five five goals. So he's out tonight. Uh, in his last 15 games, six goals at five-on-five. Five. Worth saying, by the way, um, shooting 17% right now, career average is about 13. Now, the career average is based on... A lot of fourth line games, you know, a lot of lack of minutes. So he may be a better scorer than that, but it's worth saying that he's shooting above his career average right now. Not drastically. Not four points isn't drastic. And the really crappy thing is he, he before being knocked out of the lineup for tonight, he was he's on a seven game scoring streak. Yeah, man. Like, and a lot of these points are primary points. Like he is a guy. He just keeps being involved in the offense and it's one of those things where you know we've been looking for it and looking for it and like we saw a little burst of it and this season was so frustrating because he got injured just when it felt like it was starting to click again and then now that you know he's he's gotten back like for him to end up with 20 goals like if you and I talked two months ago and if we said would you take Buchnevich finishing the season with 20 goals we would be like where the hell did we sign like I'll sign in my brain blood. I know I need all the blood I can get in my brain, but I'll give some of it up. Like, that's a great deal. The brain blood. Yeah, brain blood's pretty important blood. It's my, uh, yeah, that's, it's it's important blood. Heedle just scored, by the way. Heedle scored to tie the game. Uh, so, oh, again, a it's a good no, timeout. Timeout. Colin Stevenson from Newsday said Heedle on the rebound. The New York Rangers' official uh, Twitter feed says... That it is VC. Wait a minute. They actually just deleted the tweet, so I'm assuming that it is Heedle, and they just got it wrong. Okay. So, so again, you know, this is fun stuff. You take the good with the bad. Um, the Rangers keep being competitive when they shouldn't be, and losing to the Devils well, and the Devils, so, the so Devils much. suck. Like the Devils really suck. They're not even playing Taylor Hall. Like there's a, the Devils are tanking the appropriate way. Can we say that at least? Like yeah, it's hard just, to lose to teams like that. The Rangers are better than the Devils are. D'Angelo with another primary assist in the power play. So yeah, Jesus Christ, D'Angelo is just a goddamn monster. Um, we talked about. I don't know if you did. You listen to the podcast last week? Out of curiosity, I did. I did you like both. it? Yeah, I thought you guys did. Uh, Eric is smart. There's good. There's good flow with Eric. Made you know, I had him. He did an, an like emergency it. podcast. I think you were sick last year, and I had to get him on last minute. And, um, yeah, our patrons are better than your patrons. Patreon.com slash Blue Banter, by the way, if you want six stickers or even a mug. Yeah, we have to. When the season's over, I'm going to get around to the mug. I, mu- wanna... I don't have a mug yet either, which, you know, well, you I, was, know. I was promised a mug. So uh, I've been I Where's my went to the mug? freaking urgent urgent care and I got an upper respiratory infection, buddy, buddy. So if I had my mug, I could drink tea I've out of it for you. Also, drank my weight and craft beer over the last weekend. So, and well, maybe that's why you have the upper respiratory infection, huh? No, that came after the fact. No, well, right, it came after because of the, uh, you know, D'Angelo's thirtieth point of the season. By the way, he is the fourth New York Ranger, twenty-three years old or younger. Who's recorded thirty or more points in a season since nineteen ninety four? Michael, who are the other three? You should get this. I, I stopped listening. I was looking something else up. D'Angelo what? had his thirtieth point of the season. Uh-huh. He's the fourth defenseman, twenty three years or younger, who has recorded thirty or more points in a season since nineteen ninety four. Sure. Who are, who are the other three? Uh, let's go with Delzato. Correct. Let's go with uh, Ryan McDonough. Correct. And uh, you said three. There's one more. Oh. Uh, Terrible podcasting. It is. You're going to kick yourself. It happened very recently. He got signed to a massive extension this summer. Oh, Brad Chase. Yeah, it is. Brad Chase. So let's talk about the bad now. 
this podcast has a nice, had has had a nice flow to it. I like it. We've gone everything from Mickey Mouse and the Roads to Racers to Mickey Mouse being Mad Max. I just want to. All I want to do is draw Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse in a Mad Max alternate universe. Maybe you should. Maybe I will. There'd be nothing wrong with that. Um, There'd be a lot of things right with that. So Ryan Strom scored his 17th goals in New York Ranger against the Flyers. Oh, it, we're going to do this. Makes, we're going to yeah, do that. this. Makes a career-high 18 <laughs> goals on the year for him. He has 30 points in 59 games for the New York He's Rangers. a goddamn animal lately. He, he's putting points up left and right. Here is the problem. Ryan Strom hmm. is a 9.9% shooter. That is his career average, okay? That's very important because as I wrote in a story that I then realized um, I could not publish because Tom was writing a very similar story and I didn't realize it. Um, the law of averages, <clears throat> excuse me, math always wins, okay? That's, that's the point I'm trying to make to you. Math always wins. The law of averages is undefeated. Strom is shooting 22.4% this year. It's pretty good. At his career average of a 9.9, he would have seven goals with the Rangers. At his career best, 11.4, he would have eight and a half goals for the New York Rangers. Don't you think we'd be looking at Ryan Strom differently if he only had eight goals instead of 18? This is a guy who is riding an unbelievable shooting percentage streak. He's shooting legitimately double and then some, probably two and a half 250% higher than his career average. Those things don't last. He's not going to shoot 22.4% next year. There's no way. So he shot 3.3% in the 18 games with Edmonton. This is partly like him making up for that. But the Rangers need to be very careful, and they don't have to extend him this year. He's got one year left as a restricted free agent at $3.1 million. But you don't give extensions out to guys who overshoot their career average by 250%. No, you don't do that. Um, Strom has been really interesting. Um, I feel like when when the, when the trade happened, right, with, with Spooner, uh, it was like, all right, so what do we expect from Strom? It's just, well, if he's in the lineup, then he's an improvement over Spooner because Spooner was not going to play under Quinn. It just was, it was oil and water. That was not going to happen. And... We got to see Strom and said, all right, well, you know, we got our little bottom six center here. Um, and, you know, everyone, you know, a, a lot of very optimistic people are saying, oh, you know, former fifth fifth overall pick. Let's let's freaking do it. Uh, but he's not a kid. And, you know, following he's his child. numbers. Not a kid. Well, he, he's he's somebody. He's like Jackson Brown once said. He's somebody's baby. But um, looking closely at his numbers. Um, from doing Rangers Radar this season, which has been really fun, kind of insightful, because I get to kind of play a close and a huge success. Trends. Oh, that's so kind of you to say, you sweet just, man. Just you letting know. you know, it's a big success. You know, a little strawberry on top of a little mountain of ice cream. That's what you are. Um, and I tell you, it's it, he has now matched his career high in goals for an entire season, an 81 game season he had in his sophomore year. Uh, with the Islanders, where he had 17 goals, Joe, in 81 games. That season, he shot 9.5%. And that was his 50-point season. That was the best he's ever done. And honestly, it's probably the best he ever will do. And that's not an attack against Ryan Strom. Because this is not the player he is. He's not an 18-goal guy. He's certainly not an 18-goal and 60-game guy, uh, which he has been with the Rangers right now. And... Um, it, it's, I think it's just kind of important to, to just kind of remind everyone, you know, a little pH test. So I guess it, it's awesome that he's having a little bit of fun here, but this is, uh, we should not have elevated expectations for what Ryan Strom is and what he's able to do. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, it's easy to like about his game. He works hard. Um, but he's, he's not this player, right? And in many ways, he's one of those guys who, especially since uh, the trade deadline, has been punching so far above his weight, Joe, that, you know, we're, when we try to understand how the Rangers didn't end up further down in the standings, you know, we have to think about uh, a guy like Ryan Strom shooting, like you said, 22% with, 
when he's a career, you know, much much more realistic to call him like a career 9.5, 9.9 shooter. So it's been a wild ride for Strom, and I hope he's having a lot of fun. But uh, in the, it's not helping the team big picture, no, Joe. It's and not, I not hope, helping the team I big hope picture. Jeff Gordon is aware that, like, there is no better time to trade him than this summer. Oh, my when, goodness. When you can point to him high. Say, look, yeah, he has a career high in goals. he got another year of team control. He's an RFA. Let's fucking go. And you need a center? Because he's if, a 48% face-off guy. If they don't do that, they are fools. Seriously. If you don't do that, you're a fool. Just, you gotta... And I don't want to hear the non... Like, there's... Again, there's so much just passive aggressiveness in the Rangers' tw- Twitterverse these days. The, oh, he's 25 years old. You know, get him an AARP card. Um, that's not what this is. This is a player who has incredible value right now that he will not take with him next year. Because there will be a fall a fallout next year. So yeah, this isn't. He's not a case of like you know Brett Howden, whose underlying numbers are awful. But you say to yourself, you know what? He's a kid. Let's let's give him some time. You know, I, I don't think Brett Howden expected to be playing in the NHL this season. Uh, and like, and by the way, Brett Howden scored a goal tonight. But, he did. Um, and which is great to see him start to pick up some points. This is actually his his fourth straight game picking up a point, which is great for him. And like. We can say those things and also acknowledge, like, yeah, and his underlying numbers are terrible. Granted, he's been on a terrible team, on a t- playing with, you know, on some terrible lines. But the difference there is Brett Howden is a baby. Uh, Ryan Strom is an established player. You know, he's been in the league since 2013-14. Uh, he's, yes, he's under 30, and yeah, he's not, like, 27-28, but we've, he's gotten to play a lot of hockey, uh, and we've gotten to see that his underlying numbers have never been particularly good. Just in terms of what he can do, this is him just punching way above his weight. And again, that's fine. And we should we should get excited when a guy is able to do this. Uh, it's just it's one of those things where you have to really make sure you know what you have here with uh, with Ryan Strom. And I I highly doubt the Rangers are you know are getting wrapped up and any sort of uh, getting enamored with with Stroman and what he's been able to do, I just think like for some fans and you know pump the brakes a little bit, but also like you said, Joe, just put him on the block, uh, you know, at the draft and just say, you know, hey, you, yeah, you, let's see what you let's see. You don't like that? You. you don't like that third or that late second round pick you have? You want a Ryan Strom? You know, we'll kick or, over or Ryan young, Strome and you know, a reclamation yeah. project. That's all. Just yeah, hey, a, yeah, why not? Like a Nick like, Patan uh, would have been a nice if you, you make that swap, and then it is what it is. And they, look, a, a lot of hockey and a lot of GMing is getting out a year too soon rather than a year too late. And yeah. the Rangers did this perfectly with Derek Broussard. You'd think they'd learn from it. So fucking that, do it. Do yeah, it with that Strome, was okay? such a huge success. That, it was a that swing for El Fensos. One would imagine that that is the sort of thing that really sticks with with a GM. You know, st- would stick with Gorton, where he looking like he has to look every day back at that trade and see what Mika Zibanejad has done this season. Who's another guy we could talk about? I know you and Eric talked about him as well, but like. 30 goals. Mika Zibanejad. Yeah, he's uh, a if you If you want silver linings from this season, you look no further than Mika Zibanejad. He, his contracts right now, which I know some people are a little nervous about because of the injury history, his contract is one of the best contracts we've seen signed in the last three years. And honestly, it might stay up there as a top five deal. It's just so damn good. And he's so damn good. He's he's seventy two points on this team is incredible. And think about all the talk there was, Joe, about oh Derek Stepan and you know, that sixty point mark, and you know Derek Stepan, you know why didn't he ever put it together? Is it had seventy two points, thirty goals? He's still mm-hmm. young. Mm-hmm. He's really young. Oh. He's goddamn good. There's there are some good things here to build around. Ryan Strom isn't one of them. Wish him nothing but the best. Mika's Benajad, Pavel Buchnevich are definitely two guys you can build around. Um, and I'm uh, you and I are both high on Buch, and I think you and I are both high on Zibanejad. And it's there are good things. Like I know it's frustrating when you know it's it's a weird thing to say. You know I want this team to lose, 
But really, that's that would that is what will serve them best is losing. Yeah, you're but not going to remember this bullshit. Yeah, now Jack Hughes or after tonight's game, Joe is it's three games left, and if the the Rangers come away with two points here tonight, they they are definitely not going to finish in that 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 bottom five. So yeah. it, the odds are getting really long. Got to got to get it out there. By the way, just let me say again, hand up. I was wrong about Brendan wrong. Lemieux. He uh. I was not thrilled when the Rangers got him, and I think he's been for what like I expect him to be. Again, that's a critical part of this. What did you ever say strongly against him, though? You didn't well, like. No, it was just more or less the fact that like I thought that I knew Winnipeg was shopping Nick Patan. Okay. And, yeah, wrapped up in Patan. Yeah, that. well, I just wanted like look. Let's not let's call a spade a spade on this. The Rangers definitely prioritize Lemieux's game over a higher ceiling player, okay? That's all that that comes down to. And that's fine. Lemieux has been better than expected. If he's a third-line player, so be it. I'm not even going to get into the fact that Quinn, you know, called him a a top-six player. There's there's nothing to do. Um, I, I just... He's been great. And he's been exactly what the Rangers have needed. He he's held his own. You know, he hasn't been this crazy detriment to the team. He's added a little bit of rough and tough stuff. It's it's all good. Um, final topic for the flagship, Michael. Final topic. Look outside. I'm looking at the woods, and you know what I see out there? What do we, what do we see? A fox. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about Patrick Newell. No, oh yeah, I forgot about him too. All right, why don't we do that first before we do fox? Well, okay. That's fine. Uh, well, you know, let's, it's be, all, let's be completely It's honest. all college hockey. It's all Adam, fits under the Adam Fox umbrella. is the bigger catchier. By the way, my wife legitimately did look out the window and see a fox in the backyard last week. So oh, That's fun. Uh, yeah, so the Rangers signed Patrick Newell. He's a California kid. He turned 23 in January. He's the, the top scorer on the top team in college hockey uh, from USA Hockey's top-ranked team, St. Cloud State. Uh, 21 goals, 26 assists, 39 games. The thing that a lot of people say right off the bat, other than the fact that uh, you know he's, he's 23 already, he's he's 5'9 and about 160. So he's very small, even by the modern ga- like talking about the modern game and how we talk about like oh you know size isn't as important anymore or uh, isn't as, as important as maybe we used to think it is, especially in terms of conventional thinking for prospects. But uh, what do we know? About Patrick Newell, Joe, is that he's had a, a gigantic season, um, and he's you know, a very big year playing for uh, the St. Cloud State Huskies. What is there's there's a lot of little things to me about uh, this season that I, I kind of zero in on. The first being he he shot 16.9 percent this year, um, which is high. Uh, you know, he led his team in goals with 21 goals. Um, and of his 26 assists, Joe, there was, you know, because I, I like to try to pay attention to are these, like, is this guy generating offense in the traditional sense? So of the 26 assists, 16 of them were primary. Um, and that's definitely worth keeping an eye on, especially because, like, up until the season, you know, last season he had 27 points, season before 24 freshman season 22 so before this season with 21 goals his highest was seven goals as a freshman so kind of this offensive production has kind of come out of left field of course he's also getting a big opportunity to play in his senior season in in this lineup but uh it's it's very hard to to peg this guy as like a college free agent to really get excited about um you know we already saw Taro Hirose, who I, I wrote about a bit for the banter, uh, he's he's already scored uh, for Detroit, um, and that's that's a lot of fun when when we see those college free agents make an immediate impact, and you know that's just one goal for him. But it's we'll have to see what happens with Newell. At the end of the day, the Rangers had a lot of contracts uh, spots open. They definitely need some new blood in Hartford and also in the ECHL with the with the Maine Mariners. This is not a bad move. Um, I think we're going to... I haven't seen enough of this kid play to really get an idea of what we can hope he'll be. But it's it's the sort of depth move that I expected them to do something with uh, with the free agents out yeah, of college. Don't... And, and uh, 
you know, the CHL, the combined Canadian Junior League. So we'll see what happens with Patrick Noel. Don't take too much into, again, he's a Hobie Baker finalist. He, yeah. Always take it with a grain of salt when a player in his senior year takes an enormous jump that... Especially when he's 23. Right, that was never seen before. He He's probably going to be, you know, he's probably going to be AHL fodder, but there's no point in not taking the risk on him. Now, Adam Fox, on the other hand, completely different situation. So, this is a very different situation. Yeah, Fox is a junior at Harvard, one of the top players in college, okay? One so of the best offensive defensemen. He's a defenseman. In the nation, he, his yeah. his underlying metrics are like historically good. Um he is reportedly a New York Rangers fan and wants Die to hard, come to yeah. the Rangers. 21 years old, he was the 66th overall pick by the the Calgary Flames. He had 48 points in 33 games last year for Harvard, okay? He said he's not signing with Carolina. That came out today. If he does not sign with Carolina at the end of next season, he's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants, a la, you know, all that, all those players who have VC, Hayes, you know, whatever mm-hmm. else have you. Unlike VC, or excuse me, unlike um, Noel, as an example. Newell. Newell, sorry. I have I literally anyway. have the, the Christmas episode up of making the Roads to Racer still. Um He's drafted and a legitimate talent. He could probably be in the Rangers' top six today as a 21-year-old, never having played in the NHL before. The report is he wants to come to New York. He's mm-hmm. told Carolina he's not signing with them. Carolina is now openly looking to trade him. So And they should because uh, absolutely. They, risk, they risk losing him for nothing. And here's where it comes down to crazy shit. It is very clear to everyone that Adam Fox wants to play for the New York Rangers. Bob yeah. McKenzie, like, outwardly <laughs> said it today, like, Pierre Lebron, anything, any, it's it's the worst-kept secret in hockey, if it's even a secret. We've been talking about this for literally two years. Um, the point of the matter is, if Fox only wants to go to the Rangers, the Rangers should not offer anything above, say, Pionk or a third-round pick for him. Or they wait it out because they don't care. And any team that gets into any type of trade talks with Carolina will need to be given permission to speak to Fox because they're not going to trade for him if he's not going to sign with their team. And if he makes it clear that it is New York Rangers or nothing, we very well may see the Rangers make a pennies on the dollar trade for Fox and have him come over and be on the team next year. Can they wait it out? Yeah, of course they can. And that's fine. If they want to, they certainly can. The reason why you don't is because if you get him now, you can use him next year. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you, if you get him this summer, you add Truba, you get rid of, you know, Shattenkirk, or you get rid of Smith, preferably, or Stahl, or something, you could have a defense that looks like Shattenkirk, Truba, say, let's get a little crazy, Fox and Shea in your top four, or D'Angelo even, that's not a bad top group. It might not be good right away. But you have enough youth in there that you're getting somewhere. And then you have another year to bridge the gap towards Miller and Lundquist and everybody else. Hayek, you know, the whole lot. So yeah, this the, is a big thing, fucking deal. It's a big the deal. Thing, the thing I always think about with this is, and, you know, it, it should be relevant to our listeners, is that, you know, Jimmy VC is saying, you know, I'm not going to sign uh, Nashville. Um, and, you know, his, his rights get traded to Buffalo. Um if it, what was it for, Joe? Was it a third? Um, I believe so. Yeah, and then he doesn't sign a Buffalo, uh, and Buffalo fans just feel absolutely screwed over. He signs with the Rangers. Nashville is like, you know what? We're not too happy that we didn't get our prospect, but hey, we didn't get left with empty hands. And that's why Carolina, it's in, it's in their interest to get something. Um, because if anything... It's, it's better for them, I mean, they, they don't just want to give them away for pennies on the dollar, but it's better for them to do that than to just say, well, shit, he's going to just walk, you know, after next after next year. So if they can work out a deal that's going to work, then it's in their best interest to do it because they'll get something back. They'll get an asset back, and obviously the Rangers have a ton of picks, and... The thing that makes Adam Fox so exciting is he led the nation in assists this season. He has put up some really impressive numbers. Uh, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he plays the right side. And, and the has, ECAC is no joke. They sent four teams to the <laughs> tournament. 
So Quinnipiac, yeah, my alma mater, being one of them. So yeah, he, they're not, not a game. Yeah, he's not like a, a franchise guy. Don't get us wrong. However, he is an NHL defenseman. Um, and that is a big deal. You know, he's U.S. national team program. Uh, he's a New York native, 5'10", so a little undersized. Great offensive defenseman who plays the right side. Uh, you know, we talk about that role all the time. We talk about it with D'Angelo and Pionk and Chattenkirk. Like, if you get the right guy who fil- fits that role, which clearly the Rangers are still looking for, uh, it's a big deal. And I, I, it's in their best interest to try and make something work out with Carolina. If they can move Pionk to get him, it would be a uh, pretty a big boon. One. It would be a damn boon. Big win. That's what it would be. You hear me? A boon. Maybe, yeah, we might be talking about that trade happening a couple of shows from now. I kind of hope we are. But uh, I really hope. Well, let me let yeah. me add something here, Michael. Okay. okay, you ready for this? Sure. Larry Brooks, as of Larry five Brooks. minutes ago, quote: Per the NHL, Adam Fox would not burn first year of entry level contract if traded and signed before the season ends on Saturday. New York Rangers, indeed interested in the Harvard right D, would expect serious bid before the draft. Fox, currently came property, would become a UFA eight, which means he's just an unrestricted free agent. Twenty twenty, if he plays out his senior year, so that is a big, big boon. Would you, Joe, if you're Jeff Gordon, uh, okay. do, you, do you give up, let's just say it's a third? Do you give up a third? A thousand percent. I don't even think about it. To, to get him f- for the team next season as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm just going to give him an entry-level contract. A thousand percent. Yeah, I give up. I, 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 if you could get, this is much different than Panarin. Yeah. If you could guarantee yourself Adam Fox, you do it. And I also think it's worth it's worth the risk in terms of the outside chance that this kid just lied to everyone and, and he he's actually not uh, are interested in playing for the Rangers and not a diehard Rangers fan. I agree. I, you do it because getting a kid at with his skill set in the system is a very good step towards trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this blue line. It's not um, easy. And it would also, in many ways, it might help move, like move the pieces on the on the you know the chessboard to figure. All right, well, we do finally got to figure out what the fuck we're doing with Brendan Smith and Mark Stone, Shattenkirk now, because um, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get weird uh, figuring out where the hell everyone's gonna land. Anthony Viola, Alex Gardner, Eric Carlson. Panero in 2020, John Reppy, guy from Montana, Daniel DeGen, Eric Cohn, who came on the show last week. Thank you again. Uh, 50, Beezer, Jordan Sassone. I'm sorry if I messed that up. Uh, Josh Zarkin, We're Chris sorry, O'Connor, man. Aiden Gaspar, Johnny Lowe, Tall Guy Robert, Fancy Lawrence, Keith Franchillo, Andre Chicagoff, Chris Habibi, Danny Santiago, Gabriel Vargas, James Dangles, David L. Singer, Mike Offit, Bob Kawa, Stink Fleeman, Arch Williams, Igor Zotlovsky, Dan Carosi, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kepner, and Michael Silvers. Thank you all so much for donating. Um, Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Banter. You can donate and get stickers. And if you donate to the $10 tier, you get a mug. And we have some fun ideas that's coming for that as well, by the way. Um, And also, uh, there's been a big boon in patrons and patron support. I think we've gotten like eight new people the last two months, so thank you. Obviously, the Vox stuff is working. You keep saying boon. Do you mean a big boon? Boon. A boon is a gift. No, a boon. B-O-O-N. Yes. That's what I'm saying. A boon. It's a thing that's helpful or beneficial. yeah, a, a gift. So, I, okay. You know what? I don't even know where I was going with this. Thank you all for donating. This you got really pretty eyes, Joe. Anyone ever tell you that? Yeah, nice eyes. Take my fist and I'm gonna put it right in your boot, Johnny. Hello, Johnny Moore. Take us away. 